And the process for getting to the building a complete yep. home, getting that house, getting that house built with walls that can endure typhoon conditions. Ooh, typhoon conditions. Yeah. Anything we throw at it. Um, what do you guys, what do you guys think about structural balance? I think, as a recent uh, homeowner or yeah. home first time <laughs> home buyer. Uh, so one of the things, obviously, that you're really paying attention to, attention to when you're looking at a home is how's the what's the quality of the foundation, right? Yep. Like you have somebody come and evaluate your home. That's kind of the first thing they go look at. Yeah. Um, so how does for you as a coach, like, what's the first thing you're kind of drawn to to evaluate or assess, like the foundation of an athlete? Yep. Um, you guys kind of is that a thought that you had, Eric? Yeah, and I would. Yeah, I'd say foundation and just like weaknesses if there's a weakness in your structure then it it can bring the whole thing down like it's just absolutely yeah. it's just missing a, a window or a wall right. or yeah right half the roof's falling off mm -hmm. yeah, I, i've used this analogy before kind of what i was talking about before is that uh, it seems to make a lot of sense for people is that if let's say you have a house rated for um some one wall is rated for conditions of a typhoon but that house will be in an area where there is a typhoon and that can uh, that metaphor can be like you're doing hard workouts right um and in one side of that house let's say your squats your cleans those are those are up to speed with what they should be to endure that workout but then the other side of that house isn't and we can call that pull-ups or push-ups or some pushing and pulling up a body but that's not rated for the typhoon then when the winds blow that whole house, that wall is susceptible to injury. So it might take the whole thing down if we're not all structurally balanced. Mm. And that's like as a, a CrossFit, um, from a CrossFit lens as a CrossFit coach, it's kind of like, you know, baked into the whole idea is like you have to have a, an inclusive approach at not just the, the, the archetypes and the muscle groups, but like the athlete it's, itself, you yeah. know, the strength versus the conditioning, versus the mobility, versus, you know, all the yeah. general physical skills that we talk about. Right. So, like, that's, I think that's the same idea as, like, having a house of cards that stands the test. And yeah. Well, yeah. Um, not, hopefully, hopefully not a house of cards. Yeah, and I think, what, going back to what you said earlier, like, the foundation may, maybe perhaps could be um, analogous to motor control, right? If that should be, an, in order for you to develop a... a holistically along structural balance, your very first step should be moving well. Moving well, and it doesn't need to be fast and furious. It needs to be slowed down. In fact, that's the best way to develop that motor control, and that's a, an excellent teacher in itself is for slower tempo work, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then when you've got that slower tempo work, there's a very, very, and this is why it's so important from the beginning to really um, em emphasize this, is that there's a very unique opportunity that only happens at the beginning of learning something that you get a chance to imprint on your nervous system from the get-go. Mm. So if you take that time from the beginning to learn things really well, 
then you don't have to go through that arduous process that sometimes is too much for people to go through where they have to relearn something. Because relearn something takes ten times harder than doing a learn it right from the from the, the get-go. And I've had to relearn stuff and it's hard. Like laying fra fresh tracks, like you get a like a night of powder on a ski slope and yep. it's a lot easier to, you know, find a spot. Right, you and make that groove, right? Make that groove. Yeah. In motor learning, I took a, a class with a really, um, really well-versed professor uh, back in college. And one of the things they talked about routinely was um, developing general movement patterns. And yep. again, how like, it's not so much just the neuromuscular thing or, or like teaching them to engage muscle groups, but it's the nervous system getting that pathway to fire. Yeah. Like getting the synapses. Exactly, to fire, yep. And that's what you the right spots. Exactly. You can <clears> see <throat> a lot of you can see a phenomenal amount of progress just by your nervous system learning that what it's supposed to do at the right time. It might not be muscular strength then. It's nervous system firing up and learning to let's say do a pull up, right? Just the nervous system by itself without necessarily muscular um, strength improving or maximum contractions improving. We're trying to wake up the nervous system. Mm and teach it what it's supposed to do. Yeah, and like an example for like us when we're doing elements, if somebody's never, you know, done a squat before, it's a lot of times it's like, all right, let's do the air squat, here's what it looks like, here's the point of performance, now I'm going to have you go slow down and stop at the bottom. And yeah. like that also gives us a chance to like cue them as they're moving, yeah. det uh, detect faults, and then it gives them a chance to feel what the, the movement feels like, right? Yeah. Right. Well, one, uh, speaking of the squat, like one, um, just very baseline test for establishing good motor control and th things like a squat pattern that I do, too, is a, a three-second down, zero-second pause at bottom, one-second up, zero-second pause at top, with perfect control and technique. Now, let's say we take that or that same tempo could be applied to something like a pull-up. Then and you, you're not able to exhibit that perfect tempo um, with perfect control and technique, then that's telling you, hey, there's a lot of work to be done in order to get there. I, I have to refocus my efforts on bringing that pull-up up to that perfect technique, the strict pull-up up, that perfect tempo, perfect technique. I need to put a lot of my efforts into the pull-up or the push-up, same thing. 3010 is a good, a good tempo to test yourself to make sure that you can do that. And then once you have, you're able to do one, then the next part of developing structural balance is seeing what kind of strength endurance that you have, um, because one isn't isn't going to get you very far. Before you do things that are too, it, this is kind of an indicative of before you start getting too ahead of yourself with trying to go fast or trying to do things for like really gunning it for a score. That you should have a baseline prerequisite for what your strength endurance is before that starts to happen. Right? For something like dynamics for kipping, uh, toes to bar. I would advise for people to have at least five. Um, 3010 strict, strict um, knees to elbows. More toes to bar, but I, mean, I, I kind of like knees to elbows more because there's you have to exhibit a little bit more control um, in order to pull off a knees to elbow versus a toes to bar. But the, the but that's telling you you have boxes that you need to check before you that that are beyond a shadow of a doubt you'll know hey I'm ready to start pushing the envelope on that. And I think it's. It may be important to know too, like, <clears throat> obviously you can, so I'll bring it back to my house of cards, right, because this is probably what my brain was thinking. You can build a house, you know, maybe you, you skimped out on the flooring, maybe you skipped a couple studs here and there, you didn't do 16 inches on center, maybe you didn't, you know, buy the top end material, but at some point in that 
process, right, you're going to uh, compromise the quality of the home. Yeah. And like you're saying, if you if you, uh, if you you test it against an, a formidable stimulus or, or storm, those things are going to come back to haunt you in a way, yeah. right? So, <clears throat> yes, you can build upon these steps in the wrong way and get to a place, but is that place optimal? Probably not if you haven't developed those uh those bigger foundational things. And will it foster environment for long-term growth? That's the key there. There's many things that will bring to short-term growth, but we want to be in it for the long haul, and above all, we should be focused on not getting hurt. Um, but yeah, we have set parameters that will tell us these things if we're ready. If there's something you're thinking about working on, then you don't have to guess. You can assess everything, and then know beyond a shadow of a doubt, am I ready to go hard on, on Whatever that, that movement may be, am I ready to go hard for a, for the squat pattern yet? And one of the, like the test for strength endurance for squat pattern, of just a baseline might be something like for uh, men it would be sixty percent of body weight on with a uh, goblet squat, and for women fifty percent of body weight for a goblet squat. And if you are able to do that again with great control and technique, with the two zero excellent tempo, then you know, hey, I'm ready to push the envelope. That I can, you can go through rather an accumulation process with. Uh, time under tension and higher reps, then you can go through an intensification progress with lower reps and higher weight. And that, that's good indicators, or you can start doing workouts where you are kind of pushing the envelope a little bit rather than trying to improve your, your motor control. And I think, uh, Eric, we spoke about this recently at one of the coaches' meetings too, like it doesn't mean that certain movements are completely off limits, but the intention behind them, like say you don't have complete competency with one particular movement yet using it as skill development rather than using it as like exercise yep. right right so like those those times say you're a member in class and you're like hey i i'm okay with like doing a power clean but it's been you know a couple months and i'm not uh completely confident and the coach is um you know maybe thinking and saying the same thing and there's a strength component for the power clean so maybe for that particular person it's a it's more of just a skill focus we're trying yep. to build that motor control Yep. We're trying to still work that foundational piece before we start adding the strength components and yep. all those things. Yeah, so, I think like the, and with the class structure, it's, we're going to have programming like, like you're saying. So say me, say we might have like a seven by two squat clean where it's a pretty complex movement and seven by two means we're going pretty heavy. And so most people, you kind of have to like earn the right to actually do a heavy squat clean yeah. and so like can you front squat really well yeah. can All you do heavy front squats yeah. yeah like can you do that and if you can do a perfect front squat then we can start working on the squat clean but you have to develop the technique before you can push the weight and so yeah. even though these rep schemes might be posted as the group workout you kind of have to figure out have are you at the point where that's the right rep scheme for you or that's the right way like you were saying maybe it's a skill day for you yeah. instead or maybe you do front squats instead yeah yeah so and the coach is there in large part to help dictate that right and we can if we're worth our salt we can kind of look at a person move and not have to dig too far to know like hey today should be a skill day for you or today you're just gonna front squat because that still needs some buttoning up before right. we start asking you to squat clean right and I would hope that the, the athlete or the client as an individual would also be able to start navigating what they should start focusing on. And like Tyler was alluding to, the, 
the strength continuum can guide us on what what we should put our efforts in. If you don't have absolute strength, which would be things like squatting, pressing, just without a push press, but there's not a speed component. Pressing, there's bench press. There, the things that aren't so much fast, um, mm -hmm. you should develop that first. And as far as like baseline maximum contractions numbers, for a squat, we could be looking at, do you have 100% of your body weight? For a deadlift, it's 125% of your squat. Um, for a weighted strict dip, hopefully for, this is just examples, it, it should be something like 33% of your body weight for men, and um, then we have 20% of your body weight for women. So things like that, if you have some development, and then we can start thinking about adding in the speed component beyond a skill, beyond a skill exercise. And in, in that same vein, um, we can apply this to like the strict gymnastics before kipping gymnastics. 100%, yep. Idea, right, is developing that absolute strength in the movement archetype first, yep. and then now we're going to ask to add speed and explosiveness to that movement, yep. right? And you spoke about this over the weekend. Um, like learning this, the more, uh, let's say, the meatier movement before you go on to like the faster, more dynamic movement. Yep. Right. Like for a, a, a good guideline to say, there's others beyond this, but something like a, uh, if you're trying to learn a handstand push-up, then you probably want to be shooting for being able to hold at least a minute in, um, in the handstand itself. And you'd also want to be able to, amongst others, these are just some examples of some guidelines that would help you decide if you're ready to start the actual handstand push-up training. But you want to have at least, with perfect control and technique, a three zero ten three zero x one push-ups. And then if, if those are met, then that, that's when you can start thinking about, hey, I want to start developing specifically the handstand push-up. But if, if not, you know there's some work to be done. It's not to say, and that that's not to say that means... It's actually going to speed up your process for learning it rather than slow it down. Because now you can put your efforts on what will serve you the best. So that's what the good news is. is, is it won't be so long that you're working on the same thing. It's going to be much faster that you get to that point where you can work on it if right. you go about it the right way. Yeah, it's like if you're, if you're trying to get over a wall and like your handstand push-ups is your wall or something and you just keep running and trying to jump up over yeah. the wall and you can't do it. Like, no matter how many times you try, you're probably not going right, to be able gonna to. you're going to fall so, short of it. Yeah. So if you just take a step back and maybe work, like, you know, break down the jumping mechanics or even, like, you know, just improve your, you know, deadlift carries over yeah. to, to jumping. So, like, if you take a step back and train those things, then you're going to be able yeah. to get over that wall. And that's the staircase that gets you to the top of that wall, rather right? Than the, the, the futile jumping over and over again. You know? Right, yeah. And I think at a certain point, too, like having a, a coach's eye on you. So like an example from yesterday with, with Teray, shout out Teray, got his first ring muscle up. And he's a person who's put in years of, you know, work at developing strength, um, technical type work, turnover drills, all these things. And just never put the pieces together. And sometimes it does take like that technical coaching to get somebody's uh, skills up to par, right? Right. Um, but as far as like just developing the baseline of what they need, a lot of times it is more the, the meat and potatoes. Yeah. What, one thing I've discovered is the irony is that sometimes this is what I've noticed. The, the, more, peop, the more competitive people are from the get-go, ultimately the, the least competitive they'll be in the, in the long run. So right. that means if they're not focused on their quality first, they're going to be hamstrung later on to keep making improvements. 
Uh -huh. So at the beginning, it's good to dial things back and let let yourself grow into being fast. Don't don't be so consumed with heavy weight or fast times, but be consumed with quality movement, yeah. and then that heavy weight, fast times will come. I'm going through this exact process right now in the martial arts realm, where like. I view myself as a competent athlete and I have a competitive nature and I want to do things explosively because that's what type of athlete I am. Yeah. But I understand even these principles applied to something that's not CrossFit or weightlifting is like if I learn how to throw a perfect right cross slow on a heavy bag yep. when it's time to do it in sparring or whatever, like when it's time to do it in a full speed situation, yep. I know that I'm going to have developed the right position the right it's, right it's all applicable in jiu-jitsu all the same stuff right it's just gonna happen intuitively if you just get in and try to go and see yeah. what happens it's typically not going to develop the right way so you can imprint the good pattern or you can print the poor pattern but they're they're both going to happen if you do them enough and every rep that you imprint that poor pattern on you're sealing the deal and that making it hard to reverse mm. so well we talked about a lot today yeah oh yeah so um we're probably going to do a, a kind of a series. This is just the, the starting point of it for we can get into specifics like muscle-ups right? Uh, and specifics like handstand push-ups. What would be a good plan of action to start addressing those things? I don't know. A lot of us here have been trying to work on for perhaps a long time. Mm -hmm. But we can kind of get a generalized plan of action for developing. This was just the start to, to kind of cover the bases on making sure that everyone's Mm -hmm. If they're thinking about being structurally balanced, if yeah. not, then they probably should. Yeah, and I, I think people, maybe we can go over like what would be some structural imbalances. Like how would someone know if they're balanced or not? Like how, how would you describe, or how, how could someone know if they're imbalanced? Like I think if you're, like you can talk about body weight strength or maybe comparison between your deadlift versus your yeah. snatch or strict press or something. Right. Yeah, that's a good example. Like, for example, if you're, uh, again, the starting, the baseline would for something like a snatch would be 100% body weight. Now, if you're, um, I'm sorry, your back squat, that's the baseline, the back squat. And then the snatch, you'd want that to be 55% of your back squat. So whatever your back squat is, you'd hope your snatch would be, if you're structurally developed, it'd be 55%. For a power uh, your your uh, power snatch, for a um, power clean, you'd hope hope for that to be around seventy percent. Um, so I get that question a lot in class too. People are like, which is kind of odd. I get this from members, but they'll be like, roughly how much should I if my back squats this? Roughly how much should I be able to like front squat or overhead squat? Yeah, and there are gu those guidelines like you're talking about yep. out there that give us a an idea of like if we're optimized and we're and yep. we're balanced in this way. Right. Um, there are. Yep. Numbers that should make sense based on... A front squat would be 85% if you're balanced. Um, now, it's not to say you're going to be right there, but hopefully you're close. And if you're, let's say, above a few percentage points, then it's something that you'll want to focus on to, to get there so you're not at risk of injury. Mm. Like the weighted pull-up, you'd want that to be... This is how things compare to each other. You'd want that to be around 87% of your close grip bench press. So that's that juxtaposition that we have here. Yeah, the push, upper body push-pull. Yeah. Um, one thing, too, that I think we, we didn't really touch on but is worth touching on, imbalances as far as, like, your um, strength versus your metabolic efficiency versus your, you know, conditioning. If you're, hey, I can crush a two-minute workout, but I can't 
run a mile. Like I think those types of um, when we're talking about the house analogy, those types of things can be applied to that as well as an athlete, especially as a CrossFit athlete. Where we're trying to build a holistic picture of wellness, right? Yeah. Or even lifestyle, like, hey, I'm crushing, you know, my programming, but I eat like shit. Yeah. Or I sleep right. three hours a night. Like those structural imbalances in your life. Um, and how you go about your program are just as important, if not more, than like oh, yeah. the, the microcosm of just right. the workout. Even to the extent of if there is someone or if, if you don't have the things outside the gym, which are massively important, if you're not, those aren't in order, I would put all of your eggs in the basket of getting those up to speed because you're just going to be governed. Right, those your nutrition not being good, your sleep not being good, all of those boxes not being checked are going to hold you back. They're bigger levers for the response that you want. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, you're going like, to get hey, I want to I want to come to the gym. I want to work hard. I want to get stronger. It's like, all right, well, are you sleeping? Right. right. And if you're not, then that's a that's bigger your lever. Yeah. Get eating well, sleeping well is your performance enhancing drug. That right. it's as simple as that. That's a superpower. Is those things having having be on top of those two things? Mm. Yeah. I can definitely speak to like the imbalance of say body weight strength versus like strength on barbell or moving weight. Cause when I started CrossFit, I was like, you know, run a 5k in 16, 17 minutes and I could do a ton of, ton of strict pull-ups, bunch of strict muscle-ups, but like deadlifting over 200 pounds was not possible for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's like when I, when I started, you have to, you have to kind of almost bias your training so that you get that yeah. balance. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, in classes I would tweak it as much as I could, but on my own, like I ended up having to do just a lot of extra strength yeah. stuff so I could bring my strength just to even like close to a normal yeah. range. And address weakness, amplify strength. Yeah. And, right. uh, and it just, yeah, it's, I feel so much better now that I have a little bit of, little yeah. bit of strength. The, and the thing, the way I look at it too is that anything that we let's say you do the, those assessments on yourself and you figure out that something's imbalanced, it's mm -hmm. nothing to be sad about because you're not creating the imbalance. We're exposing right. the imbalance. Right. And now that it's exposed, that we can work on improving the imbalance. That's mm -hmm. that's amazing when you find that imbalance because there's a lot there's a lot of good things that'll happen once you discover that if you mm -hmm. put your efforts into resolving that imbalance. Right, and that can be long term health too. Like if I hadn't addressed those strengths issues maybe I'd have, I'd have like low bone density and yeah. low muscle mass as I got older and now I'm at a point where like I can tell my conditioning like my just like aerobic capacity yeah. is pretty low right now and so you know like just getting that cardiovascular health like that's kind of a goal of mine yeah it, bias is the I think the proper word and one we haven't really said much is like once you have a clear picture of where you're at and those the walls that you haven't constructed well spend more time constructing those walls. Mm -hmm. you know? And we've said this over and over at nauseum is like, you have to work the weakest part yeah. more thoroughly than you work the strongest part. It, the, the thing is, is if, if that is weak, there's a good likelihood you're not going to enjoy it as much. Right. So you have to suffer through it, it growing. Right. And, and you cannot neglect, but not to back off the, your strengths because mm -hmm. yeah. they don't have as much to gain. Yeah, but in the long term, like I guarantee you that you will enjoy it even more yeah, right. once you're good at it. Because if you, if you suck at something and you work so hard that you're good at it, like that's a that's right. a huge it's dopamine hit or whatever right. you want to call it. And that's, yeah, because I used to hate weightlifting and now I love it. Yeah. And 
and now I don't like running, but I need to get back to it. So yeah, well, yeah. I love we'll it start again. Getting on the rough train. Yep. Th those those weaknesses you turn into strengths are so much sweeter to right. train once you get them there. Yeah. yeah. So you um, earned them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Get just come to you. Yeah. Right. I wish. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about mistakes that we made when we were first starting off. The mistake I made, which there, there wasn't so much knowledge on there of, about this stuff, was in I, my job as a coach. I view I have an ethical obligation to try and um, emphasize move well first. That's why I say it so much. Mm -hmm. Is that I didn't move well at the beginning, and there's so many things I love Olympic lifting, but to be honest, I can't do it very much anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that was near and dear to my heart, but I, I'm kind of limited in that respect because. I mean, my, my body can only take so much poor movement with that or restriction in that. And now I can, I can get by with lots of other stuff, but I miss Olympic lifting. That's not something that everyone has to go through. Right. Amen. All right. It's good this is out there, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it should at least get people thinking. Right. Yeah. Look, look for your weaknesses. Look for your imbalances and, and uh, fight to improve them. Yeah. yeah. It'll be worth it. Mm -hmm. Alright, another good one.